by the way, that is, we've talked about it in the show before. Right. Led's the, dangerous, the, but so the, uh, Furious Styles speech in uh, Boys in the Hood. That was a very similar. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. I went back and watched that. Yeah. It is Again. the dumbest fucking thing. I've ever, I thought when I was a kid, I was like, man, that is deep shit. And I watched it now and he's like, you really thought that? Yeah, I thought at the time. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> Manganese. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole crew you start by doing a Furious Styles thing? Start. The value of a certain area is brought down. Huh? You listening? Yeah. But I, I like how, like, the whole neighborhood shows up. The whole neighborhood shows up, yeah. <laughs> the gangbangers. He's drinking a 40. The old guy. And sell it at a profit. Is that the dude so from San Francisco? It's great. San Francisco. San Francisco shows up. Black owned with black money. Just like the Jews, the Italians, the Mexicans, and the Koreans do. Ain't nobody from outside bringing down the property value. It's these folk. These folk? Shooting each other and selling that crack rock and shit. Well, how you think the crack rock gets into the country? We don't yeah, it's not their fault. Yeah. It's not no, their fault. We own no ships. But we are not the people who are flying and floating that shit in here. I know every time you turn on the TV, that's what you see. Black oh, yeah. people yeah. selling the rock, right. pushing the rock, yeah. pushing the rock. Yeah, I know. But that wasn't a problem as long as it was here. It wasn't a problem until it was in Iowa and it showed up on Wall Street where there are hardly any black people. Yeah, Nobody in Wall really do crack. <laughs> literally, I was I never just do coke. It's like that's disgusting. Fine for them. Yeah. <laughs> for the same reason that there's a liquor store on almost every corner in the black community. Why? They want us to kill ourselves. They. You go out that's to Beverly Hills, model. you don't see that. <laughs> kill the customer. No, no, but we want more customers. No, 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 just kill them. You misunderstand. Yeah. You misunderstand. <laughs> they want us to kill ourselves. Who's they? It's big. I think in LA at that time they was yeah. Koreans, big Korean. I mean, there's, there's a that's like all of the themes in all of uh, TNC's work. It's the same shit. All right, let's start. We know of new methods of attack. Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. This is your weekly rhetorical assault on the news cycle of people that make it, and occasionally ourselves, and occasionally just, I don't even know. I don't even know what it is. I don't know how to describe it. Manganese. But if I had to describe myself, I'd say I'm Camille Foster, and I'm I'm thrilled to be here. I'm joined by Michael Moynihan, Magnomia. Matt Welch. We are all assembled in New York today. Um, we are. And I've been all over the, I've been everywhere, man. I've been I've everywhere, been, man, yeah. I've been to, 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 Puerto Rico. Yeah, you went to Puerto Rico. I went back home, and then I came to New York. Which is I'm Puerto Rico here. in a different way. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. I'm leaving here. I'm going right? back home. And then I was in Williamsburg before that. Yeah. And then I went back home. And then I'm going to Austin. I'll be in Austin at South by Southwest this this Sunday, um, giving a talk. I'll be with uh, Daniel, the, uh, the founder of Kind. We'll be talking about uh, polarization and media and your responsibility for all of those things and what you can do to, to, to alter it and be very interesting. It's going to be a great talk. And as soon as I leave from there, I'm going to grab my bags and I'm going to leave and jump in a car. I'm going to head to Chile for a, for a shoot and I'll be there for a week. So it's been a lot. It's been a lot this week. That's a lot. Um, but I ain't no ways tied. Mm. To, you quote, sure? to quote the great Hillary Clinton. Wait, what did you say? You, <laughs> I, got, I got hot sauce in my bag. The first African American first lady of the United States of America. 
Like what you heard. Wait, didn't you send something that was like an art exhibit about I, being I tired? I did. I did. I Lola Amaria is making space for rest. Yes. In the quote from this art exhibit at the De Young Gallery, is that in, is that in DC? I don't even know. Yeah. I don't know where I mean, it's you from. Sent this. Someone, someone sent this to me. And the quote was, we're not allowed to rest rest as black people in the world. Yes. And this is a thing it's about true. resting. And, and you see what they've done to me. They send me all over the world uh, for <laughs> yeah, various projects. Yeah, no, I'm saying that's After, probably true. I, they even, I, I'll tell you this. This happened. I had to sit in coach for one of these flights. What? Seriously? Yeah, exactly. Which one? This happened. Just, Where? just just coming here from DC. I had to take a small it's like 45 minute. I know, but it was it was hard. First for class me. in that and it's difficult. Talking, I mean, how Michael am I supposed to rest? Talking about his I, trauma. Exactly. How can I live in this black body flying <laughs> an economy? <laughs> this is this is hard. It's like chickens running Imagine around. Imagine the danger. There. Who was it? It was the um, birth. It was the mayor of New Orleans. Manganese. <laughs> the mayor of New Orleans. Oh yeah. They were setting setting records for murder for the murder rate yeah and she talked about like how she had to take her trip to europe and yeah, yeah it was on the taxpayer's dime and she, went she had, class, to, she had yeah. to sit first class yeah because you can't understand as a white person mm-hmm. the dangers what it's like to fly to a croatia flying, <laughs> a flying while black <laughs> to fly to dubrovnik <laughs> imagine what would have happened to her if she'd That's landed in paris for a murdered. week of shopping yeah and she hadn't been flying in first class i don't know she might have got a cramp in her leg yes <laughs> it could have been exactly. terrible well what happened we to you camille foster what happened to me I got where I was going safely mm-hmm. and it was fine. The plane was mostly empty and there was a seat next to me was empty as well. And honestly, like in a circumstance like that, it's not so bad. So All right. that's it. Okay. You, you've survived. Yeah. All right. So sometimes it's okay to fly. Up. I want to um, point out that we pre-gamed a little bit here tonight. Yeah. It might be. As you can tell. It might be audible. <laughs> a bit slurry. <laughs> this yeah. bottle. Was that here? full? Yeah. That was full? It was full. full. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I sound like I've had a stroke. (laughs) (laughs) You were like having some, you needed some brownies. I did. I had low blood sugar. Um, This Um, comes from reader uh, Michael. A listener. We do a podcast. Whatever. I don't (laughs) fuck. Reader. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Okay. So I wanted to start this off tonight. Oh, did? In a particular way. Okay. I'm going to take command here. Okay. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and the news, but mm-hmm. the New York Times mm-hmm. um, was, you know, right now in tumult. Yeah. Uh, because they keep writing uh, pieces about how they want to murder trans people, which I think is bad. You should not <laughs> write pieces like that. But it's not about that. This is about a, a, a piece in the style section. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read the style section recently, but really a lot of, a lot of hot hot stuff going on there. <laughs> a lot of really great pieces. This was a piece that somebody sent to me. Um, because the three of us do a podcast. We've been doing it for a long time. Yes. That and podcast let, bros. Yes. Let's clarify something first. Yes. Prior to doing this podcast, both Matt and I did host radio shows, actual radio shows Correct. on Sirius XM. So yes. we have a bit of a radio background. We've been mm-hmm. doing this for a long time. We're not just podcast bros, which is a thing. I used, we, to, I used to work at Talk Radio News Service. What, what was that? It was a thing that Ellen Ratner used to run out of a house in Georgetown. I don't want to ask any more questions about exactly. that. We'll do it. That's <laughs> Camille and I were co-hosts on a on a, a show television in show. Yeah. the television Fox show. building. Yeah, wow. we were never told anything about you know the 2020 election. No, while we were working in 2014, that's true. Not even one thing. It would have been weird if did you ever do the spin for Roger anything about that. No, we no. Uh, Camille <laughs> didn't have to twirl. For no, Ryan. I didn't have to. Nor did nor did Kennedy. Is that right? I mean, you should be never twirled. Uh, This piece, by the way, is would you date 
a podcast bro. <laughs> no. Definitionally, I don't know what that is, but their reputations have caught up with them is Ooh. the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Their reputations have caught up with them. And by the way, ladies this and gentlemen, story boys and girls, in the New York Times. this is a story in the New York Times, but this is a great example of how you construct a story out of absolutely nothing. It interviews someone named Te'azane, that's an apostrophe, Te'azane Roberson, who's a student at Cal State University, who goes out with a guy, and the quote is, my biggest mistake in life so far was dating a man with a podcast. Hmm. I knew he had a podcast, but I never listened to it, she said. (laughs) I was like, okay, I like this man. I'm already ignoring his social media presence. What is he, jerking off on (laughs) fucking Jeffrey Tubrin? Who the fuck are you going out with? I'm just going to forget he has a podcast. I mean, what is it, a white nationalist podcast? (laughs) It's like literally the fucking Richard Spencer. (laughs) Things were fine when they were together, so long as Miss Roberson didn't think about his extracurriculars. Until one day, he sent her a link to his show inviting her to listen and share her thoughts. Wow. What she heard turned her off. Oh, no. Can we just, can we just pause there for, a, pause second? for a second? Point? Because, yeah. I mean, the beginning of this article, as I'm reading this, mm-hmm. she sounds like the worst girlfriend ever. The but, once booming podcast industry, yeah. currently on the back foot. This is New York Times. Currently, There's a link. I don't know what that is, too. You can't link in the actual newspaper. The, the industry that we're apparently a part of is currently on the back foot. Yeah. And host reputation for self-important mansplaining <laughs> have long since caught up with them. This is the fucking New York Times. It's not a quote from anyone. Long since. Long too. since. I don't even know what yeah. any of this <laughs> has caught up with them. Matt, it's caught up with you mansplaining. By the way, if you do have a podcast like the three of us and a penis and you and, 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 and you an explain enorm- anything. like a very lovely penis <laughs> yeah. and you know and you're explaining anything that you know that somebody doesn't know yeah that is by its very nature gendered and mansplaining <laughs> is long since caught up with them is the podcast bro that's in quotes officially a persona non grata in today's dating landscape question no, mark no no it's not you just made this up <laughs> no. this, is fa- this is fake news this is literally someone pitched the story and they're oh like oh my god what is the evidence none in the next sentence is amazing this is why the new york times should be shut down by the authorities. <laughs> the authorities should go in. Tucker Carlson should go in with the guy in the fucking horns. Thank, and you, shut down. thank you, Chuck Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> in interviews with a handful of men. Oh. This is reporting, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, yeah. who work or have worked in podcasting. Okay. Some handful of men, some said that they have come across romantic prospects who view their profession as a potential red flag. Is it a profession? Some and potential. Potential, so we some, got, we and then with, handful of men. We start with a handful. Yes. We go we with some. Handful is yes. five. Yes. Some is three. <laughs> potential is maybe. Yeah. What we got? Two? Two, two, two to one. That's it's a lot of uh, a lot of writing for because I wouldn't hook up with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, don't, I get it. Like, I get it. It's like a pretty good catch. She, if you, if she you should a, have listened to the podcast. But if you up. had a girlfriend who was not interested in the thing that you were passionate about, and it doesn't Agonese. sound like this is this is your job. Yeah. it sounds like this is yeah. something you do because it's important to you, and you share it with her. And this is like the first time she's listened. But, but, she was ignoring your social media. Exactly. She wouldn't listen to your podcast. I don't want to know about you. About. I'm going to ignore your social yeah. media. Wait, why are you well, dating somebody if you don't want to know about them? This is terrible. Like, I don't want to know what they say on social media. I don't know what they say in their podcast. I just yeah. want to, what? What are you looking for at that point? Are they that good looking? 
that it try. I mean, because that's a sort of man way of that's a mansplaining way of looking at a relationship. Yeah. Because I've gone out with women who are literally they there's something wrong with them mentally, but they're very attractive. <laughs> and I'm like six months in, I'm like, why am I still doing this? And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember now. Maybe I should write a New York Times article about this. This would be a pretty good thing. Um, and so this goes on and on and on. But imagine that it's because of podcasting. You, you kind of like roll your eyes. Oh, yeah, podcasting, bro. It's like, no, no, no. You write for the New York Times. You could do this about people who work at used car dealerships. But you don't do that because you live in Brooklyn. <laughs> you don't live in Omaha. And I'm sure you could apply the exact same thing. So I wanted to bring this up. This is Gina Cherilus. I've never heard of her. But she's a writer at the New York Times. And she has really cracked the nut here. And there is a uh, – on TikTok, she tells us, there is a hashtag that is hashtag men with podcasts. Uh-huh. Oh. Huh. Men that have them. Can you imagine that? <laughs> dicks flying around <laughs> talking about men stuff. Men with podcasts. I mean – Yeah. Oh, the news. So anyway, I just wanted to start with that because, you know, there's a lot of shit going on and that was the most important story I came across this week. In an interview with handfuls of men, <laughs> no, a handful. It's a. It's a journalism is great. Handful. I bet. I bet this fucking woman went to Columbia J School. I think uh -oh. you guys go to Columbia J School. Uh oh, Alex, you go to Columbia J School. I did. I'm fucking <laughs> Jesus! I knew it. But I was there. Old, I was there. Old school. I'm not part of. The oh, old, like the old back school. when it was racist. There was yeah, a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, was. back when it was a different thing, and they allowed people like you in. We've got a peanut gallery here tonight, and that is maybe partly the reason why that the uh, bottle is empty. The first bottle. We have so many listener provided bottles of brown liquid here, and thank you all for all of them. Um, but yeah, we had Man, a head, really rolling time, head right? start. Yeah, yeah. very smooth. <laughs> Man, I'm fucking Dr. Johnny Fever over do here. Do we man. do we have actual news to talk about in any way? I mean, I know. Let's, can we mansplain Wait, something? Can I, can I say something that you can? Sure. Add is yes. There, there's of course. Yeah. We, we, uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. I just want to say, I think you guys are fucking awesome. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why do you think we'd edit this out? I'm happy. I'm. Really yeah. You can't hear it. Yeah. You guys are fucking cool. We <laughs> found this man. We found this man on the street. Is that the, is the Muslim uh, brain guy? You're not going to yeah, be able yeah. to hear this. Yeah. He it's asked not, us to come to his mosque and we're like, not no, gonna come do you want to come to the podcast? And he was like, what, are you going to fucking mansplain Islam to me? And I was like, yeah, exactly. So he came up. We read some of the hadiths, and now he's here. Is it mansplaining if you're talking to another man? Dude, it's always mansplaining. Okay. Mansplaining, by sense. the way, is the, the anything with the prefix man, there was a moment yeah. where, by the way, this is how different Vice was um, when I started working there. I um, There's a Swedish woman actually pitched me this article, and I was like, absolutely. Because at the time, there was a new phrase that nobody had heard of called manspreading. That was yes. good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a real thing. And I was like, we, they couldn't understand like how big our balls were so we had to like move like on the train we just like you gotta give them some space and so there's like man spreading this woman in sweden um i can't remember her name she was very good she wrote this piece about how dumb like just making fun of it in the most like old school vice way and then i think i always put that as the marker as the last gasp of uh like that like if you pitch that now they would literally send you to hr and they'd be like, you, we're going to meet you for the second part of this pitch meeting at the police station <laughs> because, <laughs> because this is illegal. But yeah, manspreading and mansplaining, which I always found two of the most uh, ridiculous concepts. In there. Because you, you can't not mansplain, right? If you, if you, is your doctor as a woman, if you're a woman and you're a doctor 
um, man-to-man <laughs> uh, if you're a doctor and your patient's a woman and you know more than she does that's why she's come to you yeah she has no idea yeah. why her ovary is the size of a grapefruit but she's going to you're going to explain to her is that mansplaining no I think that the, the the original concept is that I'm going to explain to you something that you already know but how do I know that they already know that because I treat everybody that way yeah it's called being generally condescending <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem see it's not because you're a woman it's because i'm a fucking asshole <laughs> Why is this not? i think we have again an early headline for, for yeah, the podcast exactly uh no the thing that we have to talk about that we haven't we did talk about it in the last episode but camille wasn't here and mm-hmm. i recognize that he's looking at his phone furiously yeah mm-hmm. looking for helicopter rides out of this, <laughs> out of this <laughs> island but uh is the tucker carlson and fox yeah. news dominion lawsuit stuff camille was very excited about that in the group yes. text um and so i want to hear what he has to say about that well, i will say this before camille because he's he's going to keep on reading about it yeah he's, he's on his phone. scrolling he's like fucking snapchatting <laughs> to like 14 year olds yeah um she said she's 19 yeah yeah <laughs> and i believe her yeah. and that exactly. i'm gonna keep saying it yeah i'm gonna and talk I'm, to my I'm wife gonna, huma abedin gonna take some pizzas over we're gonna watch a movie she said she wants to see yeah. the new puss in boots yeah. I hear very good things about the new Puss in Boots. Yeah, I got a different Puss in Boots. (laughs) Well, well, that's what what I'm talking about. It'd be delicious. (laughs) Manganese. She said she's 19. The the person, (laughs) one of the people who have joined us in the studio here was was with me the last time I saw Tucker Carlson, Uh, who I've known for, you know, in a different lifetime and a mm -hmm. different iteration of his life, when he was more normal and less of a crazy person. Um, And he was coming off a train. Mm -hmm. We were coming off a train. You remember that? <laughs> we were coming off a train in. Do you remember that? In in, in uh, we were Union at uh, Station, DC. Uh, no, we were here in. New York. Oh, Moynihan. And uh, well, not Moynihan. That there, was maybe it was. Maybe it was not you. Was it you? What going to DC? No, coming from DC. And some our our associate producer said, "Oh my god, I was on the car in the back. Tucker Carlson's there." And I was like, "Oh shit, I know Tucker Carlson." Oh, let's. So we go up the you know the escalator that comes yeah. up in the Acela in uh, on Thirty Fifth Street, and I'm waiting there. And wouldn't you know, Tucker Carlson comes up the thing. And I go and I touch, I grab his shoulder. This is the difference of the Tucker Carlson I knew in the past and the one now. Um, I grab him the shoulder and I was swarmed by police officers. (laughs) Non, like non-uniform police officers. Because, you know, it's like not an easy thing being Tucker Carlson in New York City, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, And And he was like, moved his shoulder very sort of dramatically, like get the fuck away from me. This is it, this is it. And uh, he turned around and like these People are like fucking bum rushing me, and I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And he saw me, and he was like, "Oh, oh it's fine, it's fine, it's Moynihan." They were like, "It's like it's like like they know." Yeah, <laughs> like, we're coming out of Moynihan Station. Maybe thought maybe that was like I was the guy who owned the station, and like they and like could be and safe word. Him, you don't know, and it was like very yeah, it was a safe word. <laughs> a gimp mask on, and a, a MAGA gimp mask. That'd be great. We should make those. It's a, like a red gimp mask is make America great again. While a fucking hose coming out of the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> what do those do, bud? What do the hoses do? Just air, I guess. But he's like fucking freaked out. He like backs up and like, and so then we start talking for a bit. And these guys are like, "We gotta go." Yeah, like it was like getting the president through Dealey Plaza in 1963. Yeah, it was like let's get the fuck out of here. And that was the last time I saw Tucker. Yeah, and I haven't seen him since. But but um, he's he sent me a message actually um, when I did a piece for Vice that he liked. Yeah. And he was like, it was like, this is, I, I really like that piece. Why do you work for these people? So maybe it was before he went full on. Okay. Fucking 
MAGA like so we, so we shouldn't expect January that there are any messages amazing. between the two of you that'll be out the during the Dominion, yeah. <laughs> the Dominion lawsuit. Discovery yeah. hasn't. Yeah, I mean uh, the the one that like stood out to me that I, I sent to They're you guys crazy. earlier today. They're crazy. Is is just like it's one of those things. It's so shameful. It's shameful when compared to the things that he has said publicly. But the quote is, "The last four years." That's that's. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let me read this again. Wait, who is this to? By the way, this is to Susan Scott. Somebody like actually, I don't know. I don't know. Somebody, have somebody to, else. Have to go back at, and look because I'm just looking at the. And this came out. Could be hosts. It came out the discovery process, yeah. right? Um, in the Dominion, there was and, another and batch and of texts. Yeah, another yeah. batch of texts. Keep coming out deposition week, yeah. and yeah. deposition things that yeah. that um that came out. And and again, they've got so much um evidence here. Also, quickly, don't be a fucking moron. And send and send text Don't messages send about this. Fucking, even yeah. it's not like oh, this is off the company books. You can or, or there can be discovery in a lawsuit. Yeah, and that stuff is going to come into the hands of the opposition lawyers, the other side. Make phone calls. And, and this stuff is redacted. It, fucking, this what? is like Vinny the Chin Gigante stuff. Walk around, talk in the park. Yeah. Because there's no drop mics everywhere. Like, this is incredibly stupid they did this. But the reporting on this suggests that what's been handed over so far from Fox lawyers yeah. to the Dominion lawyers um, are these are redacted messages in many instances. So we don't actually know all of the things Who's redacting that might them? be in there. It sounds like it might be the Fox team that is doing well, the Well, do they have the power to do sure. that? Yeah, they do, actually. But, uh, but it's being challenged by the New York Times it, and other people. Yeah. They're, but they're trying to. But the message. But the Dominion's message. lawyers are getting re- redacted things, and they're saying we trust you to redact the stuff that should be redacted. I don't know the process, Very but I, I think the yeah. thing that's redacting is the is false. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but but one of these messages is that's that's the last four years. We're all pretending we've got a lot to show for it because admitting yeah. what a disaster it's been is too tough to digest. But come on, there isn't really any upside to Trump. I mean, that's Tucker Carlson describing Donald Trump. And it's like January 4th, too, yes. from what I remember. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Of 2021. He, he describes him as dangerous. He's, he's yeah, yeah. thrilled that he is leaving. He sure. hates him. Sure. I said to you guys on the text chain today, um, I've had a number of people ask me, people that I work with, too. Yeah. Used to work with. Um, I got fired, by the way. I don't know Did if you, you guys knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. For, for being horrible. Uh, <laughs> for having very bad Sign up opinions. for the substack. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but uh, people ask me frequently, Did, does, do you think Tucker Carlson believes this? I've asked. And I'm like, look, yeah. I don't know him well enough to, to answer that question. But I assume that he probably did. That mm-hmm. a lot of people had changes of heart over this time. There's people that I interviewed, um, you know, somebody who's here right now in this room, uh, remembers an interview that I did uh, with Art Laffer. Mm-hmm. And that was a very interesting interview to get get through because Art Laffer, the man behind the Laffer curve, mm-hmm. the man with Jude Wininsky, the guy behind supply side economics, you know, f- ardent, ardent free trader, now on Trump's team because he was a famous conservative and you hire the famous conservatives why you get guys like John Bolton who disagree with you on everything because he's like Trump is legitimately that stupid. He has no sense that this is a guy who's going to disagree with him. Watching him twist himself into pretzels to say, well, Maybe protection. You you can see, you can smell, you can hear it that he doesn't believe it, and I think that he might have even indicated that off camera. But I, I'm not. I don't quote me on that because I don't. It, I just got that sense that he didn't believe it. But what you should do. There's a way of doing this, and if you're after money, if you're after you know clicks, or in this case, if you're after viewers, 
and you have the number one show on cable and you're, you're making bank, there's something really bad about that. Mm-hmm. And there's something really distasteful and, and kind of like I, – I am like kind of sickened by it in the sense that like Ann Coulter is not somebody that most people are going to hold up as a moral exemplar. Ann Coulter, I sat down with her in multiple interviews during the Trump years. The first one when she wrote the book In Trump We Trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No mincing words here. She's yeah. – yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump. She was in the room with him talking about immigration policy because she's an immigration hawk and she knows I'm an immigration dove. We had interesting interviews about this. The second or third time I interviewed her, I think she called Trump a retard. I'm not joking. This, I'm quoting her, so don't, yeah, don't yeah. try to cancel me. She had before. She had before. Like yeah. in her column, she's like, this guy is a fucking moron. Like that's how you do it, right? You give him this kind of latitude if you believe, believe in his policies. And when he doesn't follow through, you fucking unload. And Tucker looks like he's about to do things like that in certain instances. Like, so he's making fun of Sidney Powell. Right. Crackpot lawyer. On air. On air. So he does it in text and then he does it on air too. Yeah. Okay. Go one further. This is like November. Do it about Trump too. 12th, 11th, like soon after the election. Because their argument, which is one that is kind of hard for Dominion to contend with, I think they're going to win this case. Oh, yeah. Dominion or Fox? Dominion's going to win this case. No, no. Really? You think Dominion is going to win this case? I think 100%. Interesting. I I think if I were were Fox, I'd try to settle. And the reason- I think they will try to settle and I think that Dominion would lose. Go on. So I think the reason Dominion- I I would probably agree with that. Is because of these text messages. Because of the Sullivan Standard is obviously that one has to show malice that you know something to be false and you say it anyway. When you have these types of text messages, when you're saying one thing and doing another thing in there, it's pretty easy to convince a judge, convince a jury, whatever it might be, that people are saying things they know not to be true beforehand. And that's the standard they have to meet, right? Right. So if the standard is met in that way, I mean, look, you have people literally on camera saying fucking Trump is is the best person in the world and then privately saying he's a fucking sociopath. And the the latter is true. The former isn't, right? I'm interested. I think it's a hard thing for them to to, to, to – but the Ann Coulter thing is what you should do is that give Ann credit as much as you can hate her for a million different things and her opinions. When she thought Trump was a piece of shit, she made her career on that. She went out and attacked him so hard. Really hard. Like insulting really hard. ways. <laughs> like which is like there's no coming back from that. And that's what you don't respect these people for for for, for not doing. Camille, uh, Michael, and I had uh, Chris Steyerwalt on in the last episode when you weren't here. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious to hear your digestion of either that or just these things right now. Like, how does that make you think about the Fox operation, a building that we worked in? And I think we worked in with regardless of our own personal circumstances were like we were treated with – we were allowed to do what we wanted to do. It's true. Until yeah. until we, we were no longer It's because you run a Fox employed. business though, right? True. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. true. And we were doing fucking as I mentioned in the last episode, we did fucking great ratings on on Fox business. But like what does this all look like to you? What do you think about it? Um, well, I mean, one working in the news court building for for the period that we did, um being able to see how the sausage is made. Um, in in a in a sense, uh, with cable news. Did you ever see Eric Bowling sausage? <laughs> no, <laughs> no he, was, never, he never showed you. He was shy. Yeah. He was shy. Uh, he's, Geraldo's he's, too. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's kind. So. He's he's generally kind. Um, 
friend of John Lennon's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that much about my experience is reflected in these in these messages. I mean, my presumption would have been that for the most part, to the extent you're an opinion person on Fox, you are saying things that you actually believe. That would have been my well, presumption. Hope, yeah. Maybe and maybe it's naive on my part. Um, and I th- suspect that the the defense that the Fox legal team will make is that. Well, in general, and I've seen in some of the reporting, the spokesperson from Fox, I think it was in the Times story today, was saying that they were distortions. Cherry picked, um, which is true. Cherry picking some of the Totally fucking cherry picked. Present present things outside of their context. And as Boynihan pointed out a a moment ago, when then Trump legal advisor Sidney Powell um, was making all sorts of allegations about all of this evidence that she said she had. Um, but would never release, you know, they're having private correspondence about this yeah. and saying explicitly, like, she's, she's not a showing nut. us the evidence. She seems to be a nut. And as, as you pointed out, Tucker would eventually unload on her. They're expressing some skepticism in private and that skepticism will come out in public kind of sort of eventually – but they're not making sort of strident statements. About That's actually true. There's not a lot of strident. And, and they even yeah. had Dominion Dominion yeah. lawyers and representatives well, they had to. on to, to sort of contend. So that was a weird thing as well. where they had a, a segment in which they had a, a, an election expert come on. Mm-hmm. And they played it on two different shows. It was on the Lou Dobbs show and on another one. And it's like literally a setup. Like, mm-hmm. like so what do you think about this? And it's pre-recorded. And the guy's like, there's no evidence of this. And that was because it was a fear of lawsuit. They yeah. knew that lawyers are like, this is yeah. actually a problem. But let's, let me play devil's advocate here in one way. I mean, I think that, that what they did was disgraceful. I think that any conversation about this stuff is 9-11 trutherism in the exact same way. It's the, it's the exact same fucking well, thing. Well, no. What, well, let me, let me finish real quick. Uh, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm suggesting here is, is, uh, is that in general, my suspicion is that – Part of the issue with these libel cases, especially where media organizations are concerned, is yeah. like proving that someone was with intent and malice trying to misrepresent the truth in public um, or in trying to misrepresent your – your um, mm. misrepresent mm. the truth about something with respect to you yeah. is, is a challenging standard and it's not it's obvious from all of yeah. this stuff. That is but this actually is closer than most, right? It may be closer yeah. than most. I think the stuff that is the most scintillating is just the stuff that when Tucker is expressing, for example, or Sean or anyone else, like their general contempt for Trump, their disregard for Trump, the the disbelief in general about um, the election claims. Yeah. Um, but the specific election claims seem to be the ones that we're seeing the most kind of meat about here. And I don't know if this is going to be applicable to like the kind of stuff that Tucker is still saying right now yeah. about January 6th. I think it was like just tonight. this week on Monday yeah, or yeah, Tuesday yeah, yeah. Um, during his broadcast. He says, almost apropos of nothing, like these people were upset because they thought this election had been stolen from them. And any honest person who like looks at what happened in 2020 has to acknowledge that that they there are not. things that happened no, that were wrong. No, that's not. Yeah. That's and and he never he never even attempts to detail what he is talking about in that case, because it's not which allows his viewers to interpret yes, that in the broadest possible way. And it is kind of a and and I think this is where I'm going with this. While it may be hard to pinpoint exactly what's happening in the messages, and it may be hard for um, Dominion to prove their case um, with respect to libel because it's not all not at all obvious that Fox was 
and everyone on Fox anyway, specifically Tucker, Sean, et cetera, were going after Dominion in particular. Lou Dobbs is a different story. Yeah. This is why Lou Dobbs lost his job because yep. of the things he was doing on air yeah. um, that were completely beyond the pale. Um, what they did do, though, um, and what they've continued to do is kind of skirt the line between what can be um, sort of proven, what is like an obvious misrepresentation, like saying things that they knew to be, I think what they probably knew to be likely untrue um, or at least um, sort of obscuring, obscuring. It's, it's hard to say. I, I think saying things that they knew to be likely untrue with respect to the election being stolen because they had an expectation that this is what needed to be said to keep their viewers happy, to stave off but this the is, threat from Newsmax, to yes, satisfy OAN, Trump. Like but, but that's more yeah. – That's again, that, I think that has less to do with the Dominion lawsuit and has more to do with the general credibility of but, the network. Course, I, I think yeah, that – our air personalities. That and our that interest as, about that. as uh, ourselves and as listeners – and consumers of media is actually not in the ultimate uh, playout of lawsuit. It's of this. Right. We we live in a world where Fox has uh, impact, where this is a building that does uh, interrogation about politics and stuff. So it's like, what does that? What does this process tell us about that? That is more interesting to me than what ends up happening. I think uh, Dominion will lose, but I, I'm not an expert. I don't know. But I do think that my um, understanding, my my respect for what Fox does is lower. Mm -hmm. It should be. I mean, th th there's just two th there's two things here. Yeah. That if you are a news organization, the classical sense of a news organization, their argument makes sense. So their argument is a pretty simple one, and it's one that, like the counterfactual here and the the, the kind of devil's advocate here, is 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 a pretty it's a pretty challenging one, right? Uh, Sidney Powell's working for the president. She's saying these things mm -hmm. for on the president's behalf, these things that are not only not true, they're wildly untrue. Right. They're just demonstrably false. Now, as a news person, it's your duty when that person comes on your show to push back. I mean, I'm, obviously Tucker did in that sense. But it's newsworthy. You cannot – we have this mentality now, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, deplatforming people and saying like, you know, Alex Jones shouldn't be on YouTube, et cetera. Is it, it, it's kind of of a piece with that stuff is that you can't even hear these ideas, right? Because it's going to poison people's minds. And therefore, you know, look, I mean, with Dominion, they can prove – they can show damage, right? I don't think there's going to be a lot of Republican states that are going to want to use Dominion voting machines and they will suffer because of this, right? So that's a, it's a pretty compelling thing. But at the same time, you're covering news when people are saying things that are wrong. The problem with Fox is, is that that is the blending that Fox has done for so long between the news side and the opinion side. It's not a distinction that most viewers make. That is like Brett Baer, who even, even Brett Baer in these communications was saying like, do we want to put Arizona back in the Trump column because people are mad? You should not be saying that thing as a – I mean, he's always been a decent person. Again, always, this is in private communications in private communication. that we have seen and by the way, it in didn't discovery. Happen. It yes. didn't happen. So that's like people forget to point that out is what Bear had said. Maybe he was just spitballing. That actually didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So it's an important thing to note. 
But when you have that blurring of lines between the Sean Hannity's of the world and the people who are just opinion mongers, in getting those people on the show, you cannot sort of say, well, let's prosecute this person. Let's put them in front of a judge because they didn't push back hard enough. It's a very, very strange standard to make. Like, I think they should have. I think it's disgraceful. I think that even having these people on the show, I just show clips of them and spend 20 minutes ridiculing them because it is (laughs) 9-11 truth stuff. And the reason I say that is for a couple of reasons. But number one is that the 9-11 truth stuff was always really funny to me because you could never find a single person, right? Everything in the history of government is very leaky. Somebody does something bad, there's going to be someone that tells somebody it gets to it. Mm-hmm. No people were ever found planting bombs in Building 7. No, not a single fucking person, no one's noticed this, has come forward to say, yeah, you know, they paid me to fuck with the machines. Nobody! Literally nobody? No, it's 9-11 true shit because it never happened because it's crazy, right? So no, I mean, the, the, the lack of evidence is evidence on its own, right? I mean, the lack of people coming forward to saying, you're putting people on air and having these conversations or actually alluding to it in a way that's suggestive right. and something that's so bananas and so crazy that if it doesn't hurt you in a lawsuit, like that's not for me to decide. That's I don't understand the kind of nuances of this and I don't pretend to. But it should really damage your credibility when you're saying we're out there chasing. It is a business. They're, mm-hmm. They are chasing audience. I get that. Everybody's chasing audience. But the, the thing that actually makes it complicated in a way, do you do that because Fox is so big? Yes. That's why. It's so damaging. Yes. There's so many people watch it. People, Republicans are sort of parroting this stuff. Kevin McCarthy's giving the videos from January 6th to Fox. That's how much the relationship works. But do you then go to smaller scale things to everybody who's ever published Sidney Powell? So everybody, anybody who's ever interviewed her, aired those views, every website, every magazine, every newspaper. That's when you get in a very sticky place of that, okay, these people are defaming you. But in a way, the defamation is pretty easily swatted down. Because there's no evidence, right? I can say that, you know, Dominion is a child sex ring mas- masquerading as a, as a voting company. I, Alleged. N- uh, nobody's going to, I mean, like no one at Dominion is going to worry about that because it's so demonstrably false and stupid. But people believe this stuff. So therefore they have a case, right? Well, uh, but how far do you go when yeah. people make these arguments? How far, do, do, how many people do you put in the dock for making stupid, crazy conspiracist arguments? And, and to the, to, with respect to the legal case itself, there, there is also the disclosure about Dominion's own correspondence about this back in December of 2020 when you've got two executives emailing between one another discussing specifically the impact of all of the bad news and the Fox coverage yeah. and saying, quote, no customer cares about the media. It's just more words from their perspective. Like, yeah, that's you know, that's a pretty interesting. If this is if this yeah. is if, <laughs> if you this, believe it. Yeah, if yeah. this is you know the executive. This this is the executive. Um, this is the executive. Is it the? It's the chief executive officer who's saying this at the time. Yeah, like you know. Are you lying to each other when you talk about it this? It depends on when it was. Though. The one was that November. This is December, December. Of it did snowball though. 
It got much worse. Yeah. I mean, I went to the Mike Lindell conference in South Dakota. That's true. And that would have, and that was yeah. like a fucking, an, an assemblage of the biggest fucking lunatics I've ever met in my life. Yeah. I mean, just lunatics. And by that point, I don't, I don't even know that Dominion would have been getting name checked quite so frequently on Fox. Yeah. At that point. At no. that point, it's just, it's Oh, they just, knew what was happening. Yeah. yeah but it, it was, it's the just talking about January 6th. It's just suggesting over and over again that there is some sort of fraud that took place. Just yeah. the vague, vague illusion to something some wrongdoing which again it's astonishing to see that tucker carlson is still doing that now and again not detailing what's going on and i mentioned now because over the past couple of days and we mentioned this a few times tucker carlson received from kevin mccarthy a bunch of surveillance video from inside the capitol yeah, yeah. during january 6th and it is very interesting to watch some of the coverage. There are, and I, we've talked about it before, some legitimate civil liberties concerns with respect to the prosecutions of people who participated in January 6th that are worth paying attention to. I saw there a piece, are, by the way, by Chris Hedges. Uh-huh. The I saw that. far, far left Chris yeah. Hedges, plagiarist <laughs> and nutcase. I've had my saying, encounter with in uh, Zuccotti Park back in the day. Oh, yeah. Some saying, horseshoe theory. Yeah, involved. saying yeah. that yeah. Uh, th- this is uh, this is bad. This civil liberties violations. Right? Like, I don't like these people. Yeah, But also listen to Chris Hedges when he says that. Sure. And listen to Tucker Carlson sure. or anybody else. When yeah. someone says there's a potential civil liberties violation – Listen to them. It and it's, and it's about being, civil liberties. Well, this, not, is, this is the thing. It, it, would be, it would actually be nice if the person who was reporting on this stuff and scrutinizing the January 6th committee's work and talking about the fact that they were particularly narrowly obsessed with Trump's culpability in this and some sort of broader Republican conspiracy. And there are lots of important questions about the failures of January 6th that were not addressed or investigated by the committee. The, the fact that there wasn't better preparedness on the part of the Capitol Police on January 6th is something that some sort of official government inquiry probably ought to look into this. Absolutely. It's worth understanding course, that. The bizarre video that we saw of the QAnon shaman like being following police officers around being seemingly escorted into um, the particular what is the 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 um, floor of con- of uh, of Congress so that he could do whatever sort of weirdness he was carrying on with it's bizarre to watch and there were multiple videos of people being directed by law enforcement the conversation he had with the officer who was dismissed. Um, who wore the red MAGA hat. This is the, the, um, the general, I'm forgetting his name now, but he wore a red MAGA hat. Tariq something, um, yeah. Tariq something another. And they, he yeah. interviewed him for a while. And the story he tells is one where he is there in, in the hall with members of Congress and he is radioing to try to find out if he can get some support so he can evacuate the chamber and no one comes back to him. That is an amazing failure yeah. on the part of law enforcement. Yeah. And Tucker Carlson is the one who is covering this story. Yeah. In, I mean, in, for the wrong in reason. Some, in some, yeah. Perhaps for the wrong reason, but, yeah. but it would be great if someone else were actually doing this sure. work and we could pay attention to it and say, you know what? Having a politically motivated one-dimensional inquiry into January 6th was probably not the best look. No. It's probably not the thing that actually gets us to, to some sort of – It makes it very hard. It makes it very hard because, you know, we've talked about this, you know, ad infinitum on the show, um, that there's not enough – I can't properly express my contempt for the people that I saw, you know, attacking police officers and going and smashing – And that happens. And that happens. That happens. It's, it's, along, along with some of the other scenes. It's really loathsome yeah. stuff, right? And I, I remember that we did record a show that the, the day of. It was, day of, yeah. And I remember saying that on that show, like every single person that – 
if participated in this should go to jail. I, very explicitly, I think you said you death were, penalty. But I might have like, even said yeah, that. You, you were pretty strident. I, I, I was really strident. You, you actually <laughs> look. I, I, at you the beginning of that day, I was like, everyone's overplaying this. And then I saw it, and I was like, this is fucking disgraceful. Yeah. The problem is, is that when you want to have that distance from it and say, this is disgraceful. These are the problems with the day. This is what everyone did that we know and we saw that was a, a total disgrace and a violation of about a thousand laws. And, you know, entering the chamber in the way that they did, it doesn't surprise me that somebody got shot. You don't want to get shot down at the chamber that way. You know, it's a pretty simple thing, which Definitely I think don't want conservatives, by the way, would say, if you don't want to get shot, don't break into my house. You know, that's yeah. it's probably a, a something they should 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 adhere to across the board. Yeah. Ashley Babbitt is not a martyr. Right. Um, was that the right decision? I have no idea. Yeah. But, but that moment, all that stuff is true. Like thought, right? Thoughtful scrutiny about that is, though, is totally that, appropriate. It's totally appropriate. That said. There was a moment when I realized that everybody was going to weaponize this in a different way. Tucker's going to do his thing. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of this, when, when – The murder of, of, of Ashley Babbitt. Yeah. The, this is how yeah, he describes it. It's the murder of Ashley which Babbitt. Which reminds me of the murder of George Floyd. The same fucking day. Yeah. You have Chuck Schumer on the floor saying this is the worst day in American history. The worst day since Pearl Harbor. Right. Since no. December 7th, 1941, forgetting the – Two planes that apparently came off course and hit a couple of buildings downtown here in Manhattan. This was the worst day, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you knew, okay, I'm going to argue with this comparison and bad historical, historical analogizing. Maybe, and, and we did. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is that that's when you know that this stuff is just going to be like, okay, we need to frame this right. as somebody who was supporting it in Donald Trump that we can actually prevent from running for president again. That was the idea, right? If he's done something this abhorrent, there's a number of steps we can prosecute him and prevent him from running again, that it became so political that it couldn't be trusted, that you know what you saw, the, the hideousness of what you saw. But then when the Brian Sicknick stuff happened, I knew, I, 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 I brought that up in the show before anything came out. There's something off about this. Yeah. There's something weird about it. This man, in despite the fact that we know and I, Carlson is playing video of this, too, of him walking away from this. We know that he was not murdered by mm -hmm. protesters that day. It doesn't mean that we have to hesitate for a second and say that protesters, quote unquote protesters, rioters is the better term for it, didn't do hideous things. They did. And so many of them are serving jail time um, and rightfully so. But. The Brian Sicknick thing has gone on since the evidence has shown right. very clearly. I mean, the pathologist says no. He he died of a I think a heart a heart attack or something like that. Yeah, it's it was not, something. It's, it was the next day. It was yeah, unrelated. It's not clear. Yeah, and there's a lot of people there that day. The odds aren't terribly crazy that somebody's. I mean, there was some. There was a MAGA person who had a heart attack and died too. Mm -hmm. uh, that on the day of January sixth. But when that happened and you saw people talking about it, even the president talking about it long after the fact, as the murder, the death of this person at the, at the hands of this mob, the hands of the mob are bad enough. Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Yeah. Because you're undercutting any credibility that you have when you talk about this issue in any way, which gives Tucker Carlson and people like that right. some kind of patina of credibility. Rolling in the several um, the officers who died of suicide, and they're all martyrs of there January was a 6th. There was a BBC headline. It was yeah. like the, the death count of January 6th is up to six or seven or something. Right. It's, there was almost a glee at which they could say, this is what we've been waiting for for the four years of this hideous regime, that it becomes a coup d'etat. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is. It's not a coup d'etat. I'm sorry. Because if you've seen a Latin American coup d'etat, uh, uh, you know, 
the golpistas of Latin America yeah. tend to have, um, you know, weapons and tend to have an idea of what they're going to do once they get to the chamber, not take selfies and steal Nancy Pelosi's laptop. It's bad, 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 but it's not that. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that people say, whoa, you have to follow the narrative that it's 100%, you know, some sort of, you know, um, putsch. It's a beer hall putsch, but in mm-hmm. Washington on January 6th. No, it's bad on its own. And I think that when you say all of these things that are massively overstated for the purposes of political, you know, theater, you undermine the ideas of, you know, truth and the ideas of like, it, get, it allows Tucker Carlson and people like that to see, see, there's a video of Brian saying, yeah, we don't need that. We already know that he was not killed by a fucking fire hydrant. We know that. You know how we know that? Not because of some sort of politician, because there was an autopsy. And he said, yeah, that wasn't it. It wasn't it. It was an unfortunate thing that happened the day, but it wasn't it. And then we're like, oh, see, he's fine. This is Tucker showing this video. See, no, we know that. We know that he's fine. And then the other thing is that what are you trying to imply when you say that they're walking the QAnon shaman into the chamber? Mm-hmm. What is the implication? That they were complicit? They were in on it? Well, you know what happens when you're fucking being overwhelmed by a, a complete mob of knuckle-dragging lunatics with like fucking Auschwitz shirts on? You try to contain them and not get hurt, right? Somebody's already been shot. You're mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's like when you, when you, it's like Tucker playing a video of like a police chase and the police back off. You know, it gets to a certain 100, 100 miles an hour, they back off, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's a law in a lot of places. Yeah. Another guy, see? They're allowing <laughs> them to do it. He backed off. The, no, it's a fucking safety thing. They're saying like, let's just not escalate this and punch yeah. the QAnon shaman. Let him go. He'll get arrested. It'll be like, it doesn't prove anything. That's the cop that puts on the red hat and he goes out and he starts talking to the, the protesters, yeah. the demonstrators, the rioters. But I, I'd, I'd say the people he's talking to are protesters. They're not actively involved. Yeah, not in everybody was rioting. And, yeah. he, and he's, and he's, and he's talking to them and he is imploring them to try and help. And he suggests maybe you could help me get some of these people back yeah. from the door and he's like, you want me to ask them to leave? Yeah. And he says, no, they don't have to leave. They can stay here. They just need to back away from the door so I can help evacuate some of the other officers. This is a black they're, dude in a MAGA hat. They're right? inside <laughs> and they're afraid. But he, but he, he explained the MAGA hat saying, yeah. I put the hat on. Where did he get because, it? Probably from, he probably, he may, actually he may have explained it, but it's not in the, in the cut with uh, cut Tucker that I saw. Um, but he puts on the hat. And he goes out there and he tries to use this as a bit of a shield so that he can navigate the crowd and try to get to the door and help these other officers escape because they were all afraid. They didn't know how badly it might go. And this is, and this is the thing about, about trying to put yourself back in their shoes and understand what's actually happening from the officer's perspectives. The ones who perhaps step aside and let people just walk in. We had just gone through months and months of these kind of paroxysms of political violence yes. across the country, yes. right? From the left and the right. Yes. But there's probably more from the left up to that point. Up to that point, yeah. And in D.C., there have been these clashes between people on the left and the right who were demonstrating since the election. Several of them that were pretty large, like stabbings and stuff that had taken place in some of these demonstrations. Kind of about, yeah. And they were surrounded. The building was surrounded. There's this yeah. throng of civilians confronting understaffed police officers who were not prepared for what was happening. They're afraid. And he just wants to try and extricate himself from the situation and get the other officers and move them out of the way because he doesn't know what might happen next. He got fired, right? And he ended up getting fired. Because he perhaps because of the violation of him and he not, thought he not, thought he would make waiting. his case on Tucker Carlson. 
Well, I mean, who else is he going to make the case to? I mean, it'd be great if other journalists were Tim reaching Poole? out to him. And I do know that NPR, NPR actually talked Tim to him. Has. I wouldn't assume um, that they haven't. It, they talked to him. NPR talked to him in like January. But this is this is another opportunity to make his case, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and, and it's legitimate. It's appropriate to hear from Absolutely. this guy who was there on the day who had to make a unilateral decision to move a bunch of Congress people out of that hall. And who who knows what things look like if they're still it's, there? You do this shit, by the I way. Don't know. And and our friend is off off mic here, who's, who's I've worked with for, for on many many things in the past, and has been to many many Trump things with me. You know, we actually have a, a another friend um, who we, you know too, uh, who lives in L.A., who made the joke that he used to go to MAGA rallies and just wear a red cap, mm-hmm. which is not nothing on it, just Didn't a red cap, just to kind of like say like, "Hey, <laughs> like, don't fucking beat me up, be on my side." But like the number of times that you meet someone and the first thing you do is like, "Okay, what's our common denominator? What is the thing that I can say to the MAGA person?" You know, and it's just like, I, it's usually like black people fucking can't stand them, right? And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, you, you try to find the that's, one thing. It's a joke, people. It's a joke, people. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> um, Camille's not black. You don't, you don't uh, call them black you know, people. In yeah. That we, no, we don't. Use a very different word. Different word. Yeah. Very different. Right. Dick Gregory's <laughs> book sold many copies after that. Um, but we would, like, I would always do that thing where you'd just be like, find that common denominator. The guy's putting a MAGA hat on when, when I saw that i'm like oh yeah no he's trying to like yeah get these rubes to and they're rubes i mean you show up to a fucking trump one rally in dc you yes. come from fucking a different state yeah you're a moron i'm sorry <laughs> like you're a fucking like, take your kid to fucking bermuda don't fucking take all the money and the in the 30 odd sixes and put them in the car and drive to fucking virginia yeah like these are not normal people that yeah. do this sort of thing but i also don't think people who go to like Harry Potter conventions are normal. It's just in general, these are bad people. I think Jonah Goldberg had a really good, if cheap and obvious uh, point, but he at least uh, went wow. through. No, shots no, no. Fired. No, not shuts fire. Shots like, fired. I, like I appreciate he yeah. like got to it quick. He's, he's just boring, according to Matt Welch. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. Make no. more dog videos, yeah. Jonah. Exactly. The I love the treats. They Welch. need treats. Well, two of the <laughs> three of us aren't anti-Semitic. Wow. <laughs> one, I don't know. This is objectively pro-Jonah. Yeah. That's why you started twisted. wearing Yeezys, Matt Welch. Matt's got a tattoo That's that wild. says, from the river to the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking 15 seconds, you motherfuckers. Anywho. Oh, back to your Jew hatred. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've almost forgotten. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. No, it's, it's important. You're you overwhelmed <laughs> with the fucking Mein Kampf in your head. <laughs> Matt struggle. Oh. <laughs> we should name this episode Matt's Kampf. Jesus. <laughs> fuck you people. At any rate. Uh-huh. Jonah, Jonah pointed out <laughs> that Tucker Carlson, like the rest of Fox News, has spent the last X number of years, 5, 6, 12, who knows, talking and ridiculing the idea of safe spaces. Mm-hmm. That like, And in, in fact, they used safe spaces, Tucker did specifically, to describe um, Democrats who were anguished about Trump winning the presidency in 2016. Yeah. Like, oh, you little safe spaces. You little, yeah. like, you, what, you can't handle the truth about the election coming out this way. And when you look at all of the text messages, and I want to just register that I feel at least a little bit uncomfortable. It's not the same level of discomfort as when um, 
Donald Sterling, the firm, the racist former uh, owner LA, of yeah. the uh, L.A. Clippers, had his, I think, like a, a voicemail messages made public mm-hmm. apropos of nothing that showed that he was racist and they bounced him out. Um, it was a bit weird to to like see that. And like receive that. And Bill Maher was one uh, person who pointed that out at the time. It wasn't popular. This is coming out because of a discovery process, right? right. Um, it's still a little bit uncomfortable because obviously like Tucker Carlson shit talking on text. And Lord knows if there was a discovery process about shit talking on text. Why are you inviting a lot? <laughs> just like out of people out of just, interest. You don't, like, just, I don't think you need to say yeah. it. it would, yeah. I don't think you need to say it. It wouldn't yeah. be good, man. Yeah, yeah like, I don't like, think you need to say you it. You could yeah. cherry pick that and it could look real bad for some people. Yeah, but that's like, awesome. Camille just got his passport in Puerto Rico. <laughs> and when he was in Puerto Rico, he's like, you know that I have some opinions about Puerto Ricans. So I was like, dude, just get your passport. And then I blocked him because I, I oppose racism. I'm I'm the Ibermax candy of this conversation. But Jonah's point, which is accurate, (laughs) is that for a long time, Fox and other people and Tucker and the right generally like made fun of people saying, oh, you can't handle the truth. Facts don't care about your feelings. Yeah. And what do those text messages show? It's the fucking opposite. It's like, oh, my God, they are going to. The people who are a, a large chunk of our audience mm-hmm. are going to have bad feelings about our facts. Mm-hmm. And that should bring that into relief. And it should cause us to lose some of our respect for the, for some of those people yeah, yeah. who are part of that process. But it's also Frankenstein, right? The doctor, the doctor himself, not, the, not the, uh, his creation, right? Because mm-hmm. it is their creation. Partially, it's, it's partially their creation. I mean, when you – Say uh, all of this stuff is fake. All of these people are bullshitting. You know, Sidney Powell is like a mouth-breathing lunatic. And there's no evidence, and they're saying this in these text messages, of any election fraud. Mm-hmm. And not only were, were – like it's in, you can say, well, they, they fought back against Sidney Powell that, that um, Tucker did. But it's incumbent upon you as a news gathering operation, if you actually believe in that mission and you're not just a fan club for a political party, is to come out and say, look, that's not true. Trump lost. And we're going to talk to the people that you know, dispute that. But when you have no evidence and you're just kind of skirting around it, you're kind of saying, well, and Tucker said, you said the other night, and saying, well, you can look at this election and say, mm, that's, you can do that in any election. Mm-hmm. Something's a bit weird. It's, everything's always a bit weird. The thing about conspiracy theories, and this is what, you know, Tucker Carlson is hoping that you don't understand, is that every conspiracy theory is convincing if you don't know the whole story. Because there's always anomalies. Like, I am somebody who believes, and I always get emails when I say this. That the man who assassinated JFK was himself assassinated right after. The man who killed JFK was Lee Harvey Oswald. Period. Full stop. No conspiracy. I've read about this enough to know that I think that I'm pretty sure this is true, right? There's so many weird things and anomalies about that. From even the shooting itself, you're like, aha, why would some nightclub owner, you know, Jack Ruby, go and kill a guy if he was not trying to, you know, snuff out this guy who was about to talk and tell about the... It makes sense to people, right? To go out and say that, well, there's anomalies in this election. There's anomalies in fucking everything. In everything. 9-11 truthers, you can watch Loose Change, which was the first film 
that was a quote unquote film that was made about this. And it was one of the first really viral long form films. It mm -hmm. was like pre YouTube, right? Yeah. YouTube started in what, 2007, well, six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. I don't remember. And yeah. this was just streaming on like maybe Google video or all these platforms that were, that were new at the time. And it, it garnered millions of views. It provoked millions of people to write books and articles and things like that. And if you watched it knowing nothing about 9-11, you'd say, well, that's pretty convincing. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me that one fucking weird anomaly in Atlanta, weird anomaly in, in, in Arizona means anything. Because right. what, they, what then happens is you say, the paper that the ballots were printed on in Arizona were made with bamboo and Chinese and then the the, the Venezuelans, it's like, okay, you just went from maybe a weird anomaly to being a fucking nutbag. And that's a very, very short leap to make. February 14th, 2005 is the beginning of YouTube. So is yeah, that right? 2005. that's interesting. Yeah. Probably yeah, it was, didn't it was become close, a thing until 2006. Or yeah, something. it's close. But anyway, yeah. we can move on from the fox fox of you know foxorama camille has his passport right on the table i do he does i do i have is my it in passport. spanish I, I, no it's in english it's in english they got everything right it's the new thing look how heavy that first page is this firm stiff plastic nothing yeah. about your shots i noticed no it doesn't say that i have my shots but i do well that's what I, the, the two them. gentlemen that are in the in the booth with us right now mm -hmm. said both of them said that they have listened to the podcast is how uh -huh. they infiltrate these things. They say, oh, I love the podcast. They're, they're lying, yeah. of course. Uh -huh. yeah. And I was thinking of like, how do we challenge them and discover if they're actual fans of the podcast? Mm -hmm. And the only question I can come up with right now off is, because this reminded me, is I would ask them, and our listeners who are real devoted listeners would know the answer to this yeah. question. Um, what are the two things that you need <laughs> if you want to come to America with Rob? Do you know, Matt? <laughs> you have to listen to the Substack to know. Is that, well, that's a deep fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt knows. The only kind of fans that we respect. Cut. It's I'm a deep sorry. cut. I'm, I'm, I'm Do you not know? Deep, yeah. Of course I know. Okay. That's, this, is a very, this is one of our best episodes. You need your, you in need which your Camille told us about a live shots. appearance of R. Kelly, the great R. Kelly, um, as Camille calls him, <laughs> hero R. Kelly, innocent R. Innocent R. Kelly. Innocent R. Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not guilty. Not guilty. R. Kelly. Yeah. Giga yeah. Kelly, not yeah. guilty. Justice for R. Kelly. <laughs> for R. Kelly. And you said also Bill Cosby, which I thought was weird. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a <laughs> well, he's out. I mean, if he's out. It, which you, I, I know. You were. Oh, let's get him on. Freethink funded that campaign, didn't it? <laughs> uh, destroy your company at the same time. Um, where he's doing a live show oh in. Um, R. Kelly is not innocent. In where? It was it in Ethiopia? I think it was. It was someplace yeah. in Africa. Where he's, he's freestyling yeah. a song. Uh, to the women of the crowd, like, do you want to come to America with Rob? <laughs> and, and then he freestyles the, the lines, do you have your passport? Did you get your shots? Did you? Did you? That's the question. <laughs> if you want to come to America with Rob. Yeah. It's amazing. And he's going nuts. He's going, did you get your shots? It's a fantastic. So if you haven't really good. heard that episode of the podcast, the backup um, singers are you're lucky. <laughs> the backup singers are strong. Is he more Draymond or Steph? What is that? You look like a fucking <laughs> criminal in that. You're like, you're like you should, you should uh, see the last one. Uh, oh my god, the last one is look a true. You honestly, we're looking at Camille's passport Holy photo. Shit, it looks like he just. You look like they, they won't let you. They won't let you smile, which is apparently <laughs> no, some. They sort of won't let you smile. Look at this. 
The, the neck, your neck is bigger than the top of your head. The guidelines do not permit you that? to smile because right. of some sort of security issue. You would try to like flex. You're is like, that, a, is that what? Uh, is that what the 911 hijackers were all smiling? Yes. Zacharias Musawi was like, hey, <laughs> gave them away. And they're like, get on the plane. Iguana shit. He's like puffing up his neck to make sure that you're like going to respect him enough. <laughs> Oh. So we we've never talked about this this woman who is the new Rachel Dolezal, Raquel something another. Oh, she's who, awesome. Yeah. She was working in diversity, equity and inclusion yeah, on was... those issues for a civil rights organization in Philadelphia. And it is it is odd anytime I see anyone get in trouble for pretending to be a member of a, of the wrong race or lying about their race. Um, and the, the fundamental issue I have is, well, one, like races make believe to begin with. So yeah. to the extent someone is pretending such things, it doesn't really bother me at all. But I think there's a fundamental difference between like race and ancestry. And when you are making up things about your parentage, for example, and where mm-hmm. people are from, then that becomes like an actual lie. Whether or not that should be something that angers anyone and gets you fired is another thing. But it does seem strange, like the constellation of things that she's getting slammed for. Um, I want to point out her name is Raquel Avida Saraswati. Yeah. And great, I just, I wanted to, before you can continue, and I just wanted to show you the photo. Yeah. And for you at home listening, uh, Google this right now because I look at that and I'm like, that's a white girl with a lot of makeup on. Like it's just, like <laughs> that's, that's like literally it's like a fucking Norwegian girl with like bronzer on. Yeah. Like she does and, and she does not look she's not look but, but no, but but she she literally looks like then, she's from but the Wales. assertion but even the but even the <laughs> assertion that she's like a white girl, like I believe that her family is from like Sicily or something. Are you saying that us Italians are I mean, not white. So, I mean, from well, Sicily. one white whiteness is looked? whiteness. I mean, my grandmother's whiteness is a nonsense concept Lord. to begin Irish with. Irish one. Whiteness is a nonsense concept. Yeah, but I mean, Sicily, pretty close to Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no. dark, darker. The point hue. was not lost on Italians. Yeah, Italians <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> trying to start businesses in New York in going, like 1910. And going a step. And going what a step. Spoken guy. <laughs> and going black? And going a step further, like Muslim. I mean, she's wearing a hijab. Muslim is not a race, yes. right? It's not a it's not a race. No, there's like, a lot of Bosnian Muslims. Was was she actually going to synagogue, but saying she was going to 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 um to what is it? Mosque. Muslim. <laughs> yeah. I go to yeah. mosque. Yeah. I've been drinking. One where Malcolm X went. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if you're if you're not actually going to the mosque, if you're going to say you know Catholic mass, then you're lying about being a Muslim. But if you wear a hijab. And you're kind of devout, at least in public. Aren't you a Muslim? Yeah, but you I mean, do are, are you maybe a bad Muslim? Like, it, or would, like a bad Catholic? Because totally you don't go agree. to church, but you're a Catholic. If you look like me and you went to mosque, yeah. and you learned the Quran and you know it in Arabic and you know the Hadiths and all this stuff. And you said, I'm from Yemen. I just said that myself. Not I look exactly the same. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Like someplace in Pennsylvania? Yeah, but yeah, like Western like Yemen, Pennsylvania. The problem with her is that she's physically altering herself mm-hmm. to pretend that she's from somewhere else. Yeah. Whereas if you just went to the mosque and you just went, I said, oh, I, I'm a Muslim, whatever. Fine. But I'm but I'm talking here about the outrage and about the specific charges that are being hurled at her. And the charges are that she's pretending to be a member of a race that she's not. Well, all the race things are bullshit make-believe anyways. Also, she's not. She's she's pretending to be Muslim. Well, I don't even know what that means. 
Yes, much like Elizabeth and Warren. she works and she works in an <laughs> industry that Warren does this. Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And and in and in the in a similar sort of sense, although it's a little different with Rachel Dolezal, because Rachel Dolezal was a, a civil rights advocate. She's mm-hmm. working on these in particular issues. Yeah. It's 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 a different sort of circumstance as opposed to being someone who works in DEI issues. But at a minimum, it should highlight the absurdity of the categories and. It ought to be underscored that a lot of the coverage and the specific allegations against her are questionable. So she should probably get her job back yeah. and, an, and get an apology. Wow. Camille is it. the Johnny Cochran <laughs> of this lady. If it doesn't fit. If it you doesn't fit, play. you must Give her allow her to be a Muslim. <laughs> there is a acknowledge <laughs> that she is ring in the same way. Acknowledge that she is a Muslim. Yeah. she is as much a Muslim as 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 um, Matt Welch is a. What kind of church do you does your family go to? Catholic. Yeah, so Matt Welch is a Catholic, but he's Not, he's the worst kind of Catholic. No, Matt Welch is going like to you're going to end Catholic. up in a fucking jungle in Guyana <laughs> drinking Kool Aid with Matt <laughs> shooting uh, Congressman um, <laughs> Congressman Ryan. That's right, from Temple. Ohio or uh, Illinois? Illinois, I, I believe yeah. California, but really, Leo Ryan might, was. I, I, I might be wrong. In Illinois. I might. I might be wrong about that. I don't but know. Um, uh, there's a website, and I want to. Um, I want to point this one out because it's. Let me just look where Leo Ryan was from. He, uh, yeah, California. Um, there is a website, and I don't know the name. I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, that is run by an, a native woman, which is my favorite website. And it's all about hunting down fake Native Americans. Oh. Because there's so many. Like, that's, oh. like, number one. That's, like, high. Like, literally, you can be, like, Argentinian and people are like, you are sure you're Native. And it's, like, what it, I can't remember what the name is. It's a funny, like, play on words, kind of, like, folk, a hauntus kind of thing. And the funny thing about that is we're um, in the apartment of Nancy Romulan. Uh, Nancy's... Uh, Ex-husband, former husband. Uh, Not husband, but baby daddy. Ba- baby daddy, yeah. yeah. It was, it was uh, uh, f- 100%. Beloved. Full, Beloved. B- and, and, and her uh, stepfather was chief in One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Can we say that? Correct. Yes. So that's like, that's about as real as you're going to get. And her daughter is also involved in various Native things. It's funny, though, because... It is a universe in which people lie so much. I mean, it, it was it's in everybody's family, right? It even was yep. in my family. It was like, oh, there's supposedly, and I never believed it, and it's clearly not true for a variety of reasons. And I won't bring up 23andMe because Camille will go on a rant about how it's all fake. <laughs> but uh, but not, I know it's that- It's fake if it's, if it's reproducible, but it may be that there are specific assertions made. They literally just are. listed the street that all the Italians like, <laughs> came from Rome, like in Calabria. It's like a bunch of, it's like the, all these guineas come from here. Yeah. But the funny thing about the native stuff is that th- when Elizabeth Warren said she was native for a number of years, and then yeah. of course it all unravels when she runs for president. Yeah. And people defend her, right? And say, well, this is unfair, it's unfair. The one thing that I was surprised by- At this it, point she admits that she was lying. Yeah. Uh, she finally yeah. had to, but she yeah. didn't admit she was lying. She said her f- parents were lying, which <laughs> is a different thing. But the thing that I was surprised that nobody was really offended by was the fact that she got a job because of it at yeah. Harvard. Yeah. And she applied under that rubric of being a native, effectively taking the job from somebody else if that is the standard, right? I don't agree with that standard, but if that is a standard, then one would imagine that native – people would be very upset about this. Not a lot. Didn't really happen. I think it's because 
it's so common in that world that people lie about it and say, well, I'm one. I mean, look, everybody that owns a casino on the East Coast is named like, you know, Bob Sakamanoff. <laughs> they're, all, they're all like, you know, white guys who are like 136th native. Yeah. It, but that's the classic uh, race faker in America. It's like almost a, it's almost like a She a might be the last one actually, right? Like it's, it's not, it doesn't have the same cachet. Like I grew up. And I'm older than you, Michael. You might not know that. Um, oh, I do. But we still have the crying Indian who was obviously a Yugoslav on the oh, side. Oh, he was Italian, wasn't he? Uh, Yugoslav, Italian. This is all yeah. the same, whatever. Yeah, you're the, and if those of you don't know, there's an, an ad about littering. Yeah. And there was a, at the end, it panned out to a crying native who was uh, Sicilian, so, I think. So not native. <laughs> he was not. But totally convincing. A totally fucking, convincing. fucking great actor. It's yeah. very important. Um, yeah. No. But- oh, and we just found out the woman that fucking came up on stage with with uh, in place of uh, Marlon Brando, Brando after oh, she right. died. I think that might be the same website that you've been. That you've been no, that was it. Was it the, the San Francisco Chronicle reported this? Yeah. And it was her fucking sister. After she's, I was like, all right, she's dead. By the way, <laughs> Sachin. Her name was like Sachin Littlefeather, Little yeah, yeah. And her name was literally like you know Debbie. Like yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen McDougal, and they were like. She was like, and I'm like, bitch, why do you say this when she was alive? She's on stage. The fucking Oscars. I would like to register the obvious point. It's worth saying nonetheless, which is that the 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 most uh, strong bias in the culture is that gender is malleable and race is not. And, mm-hmm. it doesn't, and like yeah. the opposite right. should be more true. Um, I don't know about is, is more true. <laughs> is more true. Yeah. I don't know about gender malleability. I don't want to talk about it as we know <laughs> because you're afraid. Because I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, am tired. <laughs> Perhaps Matt is tired. Matt is tired. At least Matt can rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that good yeah. white rest. Yeah, some white rest. Here. Imagine <laughs> my struggle. I never rest. Yeah. I just keep flying first class, <laughs> staying out late, taking, sleep. taking important meetings, and going to exclusive conferences. There's no rest for a black man in America. Manganese. Manganese. Where you put my water, white boy? <laughs> you know what's funny? We talk. We keep talking about manganese. We haven't mentioned why, and but we have yeah. not explained yeah, why yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. Go ahead. It has yeah. something to do with Dick Gregory. Dick Gregory. You just have to go find it. The best thing about that whole thing, <laughs> manganese, is that is that everyone is sitting down, right? and Dick is standing up, pacing, and he's right next to our friend. And by everybody uh, sitting down, exactly is people that we all know. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. Cornell West. Yes. Donna Cornell. Brazil. Yeah. Donna Brazil. Uh, Donna Brazil. Camille and I got absolutely blind drunk with yeah, last year in LA. Oh yeah. my God. It was a mess. Yeah. It was a fucking mess. It was after I did the Bill Maher show and she was drunk on the show, I think. Cause she kept on yeah, yelling she, and interrupting. She, she, she'd been she drinking. She'd been drinking. And she then can, she, she came and met us record. afterwards and she was like, we manganese. Just, I was just like, oh, kept, <laughs> just kept drinking. Kept drinking. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good old Donna. Trying to she said she her. would come on the podcast. I love Donna. She's great. Did you ask her? I, I'll email her. I text her. I, yeah, yeah, I, I think she's very funny. Yeah. And I think she's wrong about everything, but she's funny and, and, and interesting. But, uh, mm. but yeah, she's sitting there next to She's not to, wrong about everything. We had some no, conversations. No, no, no. I, I think she's, she's right about some things. I think she is yeah. much more sensible than she lets on. She has a, she's <laughs> like Tucker. She has a, she's pretending. She's pretending. Yeah. Um, act, that is a good point, yeah, Mike. True. Hand. Yes. A lot of these, a lot of these people, yeah. a lot of these people, yeah. 
in private, they will tell you something 100%. else. 100%. 100%. Not like James Carville. James Carville will tell you off and on the mic if he thinks yeah. these people are assholes. Yeah, the faculty lounge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot like, of those other folks. The Democrats there. can't use the language of the faculty lounge. <laughs> That's true. That's what he says. And yeah. for, for a very long time, they've had yeah. grave concerns yeah. about some of the elements of their party, and they haven't been willing to say anything I about mean, it. I mean, it is a funny thing to point out that, like, the number of people that we all know. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Speak with a forked tongue. Oh yes. They're like in public. It's like, Oh Tucker, I'm so offended by that. It's like, you get the quiet tap. I'm on, offended tap by that because he's like on TV and he's an opinion monger. It's like, this mm-hmm. is my, my truth. <laughs> 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 but the number of people I know that don't say what they feel was about 40% of the people I worked with. I mean, it wouldn't say what they felt. It, it, right? it reminds me. It reminds me <laughs> of the experience of publishing the Amy Cooper stuff. Mm. Like when we did the reporting oh on that, and I did the interviews, the number of people who reached out to me privately to say, "Oh, that was really good reporting," and never like talk big about name that lefty, publicly. mainstream yeah, I mean, good people, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But we won't rat them out. But they didn't. Yeah. They don't talk about this kind no. of stuff in public. They don't acknowledge their their real beliefs and real views in public context. I can even imagine that some of them, perhaps at the time, were a little more skeptical of Miss Cooper. Perhaps <laughs> even shared a lot oh, an article sure. yes. by someone that was scathing. Yes. Maybe but isn't even, it fucking I don't know. nuts that we live in a universe in which fifty percent of the population votes one way, fifty percent votes the other way, and that in the universes we live in, and now that's specific, it's mm-hmm. rarefied, it's yeah. very kind of urban, kind of blue uh, New York City and you know San Francisco, et cetera, that. You know, my daughter can come home. My daughter came home. Uh, it was so adorable that I looked the other way. But she was like <laughs> dressed as Ruth Bader Ginsburg when she was like six. I've, I've shown you these pictures. They're very cute. She's she's like like if Ruth Bader Ginsburg was an, a Nazi. Yeah, uh, that's my daughter. Blonde. Looks like. Yeah, like, like literally looks like a Hitler Youth. <laughs> Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is like <laughs> it's like I was kind of stringing up. Thing. And like she's a political figure, right? Yeah. She's a political figure. That's how she's been. I have a tremendous amount of respect for her. I think she's really, yeah. really interesting. Yeah. She had some like amazing, interesting opinions that people try to deny today. She had great relationships with the conservative justices. She, you know, was was an interesting person. That's not why my daughter's dressing up like her and they're giving books. And there's a um there's a, a toy store in in the town. I took pictures of it, I should post them. Um last summer and the toy store was all like Ruth Bader Ginsburg dolls and like, it's like, what are you fucking doing? Imagine if you went to like the middle of Texas and like all the dolls were of like fucking, I don't know, Nikki Haley or something. You'd be like, what are you doing? This is weird. And it's like, she's a trailblazer on the Supreme court. It's like, why isn't Sandra Day O'Connor a trailblazer on the Supreme court? She was a female before her, but you realize that no one is ever going to dress my daughter up when I'm not around as Margaret Thatcher, right? Who won, who was prime minister for 11 years and the first female prime minister, pretty impressive, right? And like, pretty impressive. Right? Redirected England. Redirect. I mean, massively so. And whether you like that or not, it doesn't make a difference. You say she's important in the conversation. She's important in modern British political history. And then you realize, like, oh, there's just like fifty percent of the world's views are like unacceptable and can't be acknowledged in certain mm-hmm. certain areas. Like, even just like say. Oh, I want to. I want her to dress up like you know. Pick a female 
uh, conservative or Republican senator, you know, congresswoman member. Susan Collins. Well, no, I said a conservative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> It would never happen, right? They'd just be like, yeah, they, I guarantee you the teachers, whoever would be like, mm, I don't know about that. That's kind of wild to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't want her to have any of it. I don't think politics should be, you know, kind of coming across the transom for her at this age anyway. But if it were to, you know it's coming from one direction only. That's kind of weird. And I know that that's why people on the other side, and I don't consider myself one of them, because I'm not, I'm, I'm somewhere else but i'm not there on the other side is that i get why people that's all these trump documentaries that we did i get why these people feel so embattled and there was a conversation that um my producer who's here in the other room refilling his drink and i had in texas at this morning uh, republicans they meet once a week the rooftop republicans they were called in texas and at one point it's so funny and we included the the the, uh, the piece some guy who's like an engineer gets up and he has like a comic foghorn leghorn accent. And he's like, man, we don't, we look up on Hollywood and everybody's queer and everybody's, and he's going on. And I'm like, what the fuck? And he was like, no one represents anybody like us unless we're to be mocked, Mm -hmm. to be like the knuckle dragging hillbillies. I'm like, Okay, I get that. I get where you're coming from. I, I don't. I think there's some problems with it in, in the way it's presented, but I get where you're coming from. And that's the thing: is we live in a universe in which other people's views are so alien and so bizarre that they're considered at the New York Times to even air them as an opinion from someone quoted in an article. Hateful. As hateful. Like that's just weird. Like you don't want to know what's going on in the world. I'm not asking you to agree with people. I'm not asking you to sort of even understand them, but know they exist. And that their very existence does not um, threaten yours. That's very hard for people to understand. I don't know why. It's gotten worse, it seems. Was it always that way? Maybe I'm wrong. No. I don't think it was always that way. Over the last. Yeah, it's gotten worse. Anyway. Yeah. Anything else we want to hit? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, one, one thing we haven't talked about, and oh, we don't no. even have to go over it oh, no. very, right. very much. But Here we go. I don't think we've talked about the Holocaust. the energy departments, um, <laughs> the recent reporting about the energy departments changing its perspective um, and essentially reaching the same conclusion that the FBI had, I believe. Didn't we um, talk about this? Discussing that the lab did, but he wasn't here. Was slightly more probable. Oh, you you did talk about it without me. It was a conference. Oh. Yeah. I was I was only going to say that the headlines that I keep seeing reported when I saw headlines getting reported about it like, tended to be like pretty pretty sloppy. Like the headlines would suggest, yeah, it's the energy department, but the fact that it was a fairly low confident that the, yeah. the assessment was based on kind of this intelligence that didn't allow them to have very strong confidence in the conclusion. Was, which they say was, by the way, always unless they have somebody yeah. on record saying I did that. Which was kind of yeah. I mean it was obscured. And the fact yeah. that there are just different agencies that have reached different conclusions yes. like seems really important. And it is sort of odd to see how many people eagerly and enthusiastically took the headline, ran with it, and then kind of started publicizing it as see, I knew all along it was a lab leak. It definitely came from a lab. The reality is that we still don't we know. We don't know. We have no idea. Um, yeah. And that it's also still worth figuring out. Someone gave us a hard time <laughs> about this. We, t- we talked about it and we got an email from a listener who was like, you know, well, you guys are talking so confidently that it's a lab leak. And I'm like, we didn't. We didn't do we that. Did. And, we and didn't do that. No. And to push back on that, it's like, no, the conversation we've had 
was mostly about the the, the narrowing of the conversation, which was like attempts to censor on the other you side. Shouldn't, you shouldn't get kicked yeah. off of Facebook for saying that it might be a lab leak. That was the only thing that I think we said. I have no idea what happened. Yeah. None. Like with the masking and the Cochrane re- report. Like, yeah, still don't like know. It called into question mm-hmm. yeah. whether masking worked. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So it should make us think that those who were like actively censoring people who said the same thing, right? You know, a year ago, that was bad. Which, which is actually, yeah, which is actually the important point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From from masking to the origins of the vaccine to the the consequences of the lockdowns and the the imagined necessity of the lockdowns. Um, the only thing about which there is any real clarity is that children, generally speaking, were never really one hundred percent vulnerable. Yeah, there's and no that the schools almost just, certainly yeah. should not have been closed at all. They certainly shouldn't have stayed as cl- closed for as long as they did. Yep. And we've wasted a tremendous amount of money on all kinds of prophylactic solutions that were almost certainly um, useless. And in some cases, counterproductive. But but the weird thing, <laughs> like, that Matt, Matt those things are important. Very well from, we need to we need to take that in. Yeah, Matt knows very well from the school that his older daughter was going to the public school and private school. The the, the, the school that my daughter uh, goes to was uh, pretty good overall, and got back to in person learning a lot faster than others. Now, granted. They had to wear fucking hazmat suits and were swaddled and you know all these sorts of things. But um, it was better in general. But the conversation about it was so strange because this is what happens when pe- people say this all the time, and they're, I, I think they don't understand what they're saying when they talk about polarization, political polarization. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, sure, it's common, but it's bad. I agree. Um, you can't stop it, but it's bad. The problem is when it becomes polarized to a point at which the lab leak theory conversation is so intimately tied with Donald Trump, mm-hmm. who's attacking China and you know likes to go on about these sorts of things. Right. So therefore, right. you're signaling that you're in the same boat as this person rather than being in the other one. And that was what happened in, in what I found strange, but it was the vehemence of it. Yeah. I was very happy always, always to say, I don't really understand this. I don't know, but I'm, uh, I have about as much information as you have. Whereas people, when you were to suggest to people in schools, in meetings, that um, if you looked at Sweden, which is a place that so many of the people in Brooklyn like to hold up as an example in other ways, um, kept their kids in school and uh, had pretty much the same result. It was, mm-hmm. it was fine. Bringing that up was itself um, basically a sacrilege. I mean, you were when you said that in general, you were sticking out a side of an issue mm-hmm. in which what I was sort of saying was that I don't really know, but this appears to be something we should look at. Um, but at that point, it was a heresy. And you shouldn't have heresies in a conversation no. about science God, in no. which nobody knows anything. But what they do know is that they, quote, believe in science. They believe in a process. They, belie- they, they, they believe in a conclusion, too. But the, I believe in science was an indication that you were not somebody that was going to refuse a vaccine because you were, you know, a sort of knuckle-dragging, you know, oafish Trump supporter. But that was never the issue. The issue was not that. I mean, Trump himself got the vaccine, right? 
it was about whether or not we could have basic conversations. And that, I've said this a million times, that is something that we need to do an accounting of. Yeah. We've never done that accounting on, on, you, on COVID. You can tell that's not going to happen because of all the headlines saying that we, like, why are we still talking about COVID? <laughs> God. Why, motherfucker? I stopped talking about it a year and a half ago. <laughs> I would love to stop talking about it's it. I done. really would. You know? We should acknowledge that it's over. And that has not happened. I mean, I'm I'm talking to you guys, right? We're mm-hmm. in a small room. Yeah, yeah. My daughter has COVID. Yeah, I'm breathing. Well, thanks for telling us. I'm breathing on you, motherfuckers. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I have, <laughs> I have AIDS, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if that. Yeah, it's, you it's have constant AIDS. It's over. <laughs> like it's, it's done. It's done. It's over. It's fine. Everybody's got it. I mean, what was the, magic yeah. has got it? Yeah, <laughs> Larry Bird's got it. And you can live through anything if magic made it. Fucking yeah, yeah, that's right. It was Kanye I mean. Kanye bars? <laughs> um, All right, should we? Should we? Uh, we should bounce. on, on that. We should, note, we should. Yeah, yeah. I know this is this probably feels a little short to you all, but we an started, hour and a half started it's a fucking half. feature film. Yeah, I suppose it is. I mean, it's not like a Bergman film. Is it Puss in Boots? <laughs> the sequel, which again I've heard good yeah. things about. We're gonna go. I'm gonna go watch it. All right, bye. We bye. No new methods of attack. <laughs>